I can you put were, it up on did the you screen. just say you were excited? I'm, oh, I'm yeah. very excited. Yes, the, the, all this Yoda eating, eating eggs right has now? me up eating a hard boiled egg now. How you get so big is you food of this kind. with monsters rebels scum and vigilantes this is brett and hello i'm, I'm steven garrett the steven garrett and we are here to recap mandalorian season two episode three the heiress Ares. Um, yeah the heiress not as i assumed the frog lady someone with a wig on <laughs> so we are going to jump into that episode uh shortly but we actually have some guests to have a conversation to tie up some loose ends from episode two the passenger we hinted at this at our last uh recording that steven and i released yesterday for for episode two that there's been all a buzz on the twitters and the internets about a certain frog lady's spawn eggs and a certain child so we've brought a couple of guests in to discuss this this hot controversy we have the returning g striker Hey! Reg regular <laughs> friend of the pod, host of Steeler Nation. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you again, Striker. Great to be back. Back. How's it? How's the weather there on Tatooine? It's beautiful, nice and sunny. Good. <laughs> and uh, we have the esteemed Corey Johns, who is a founding member of Movie Madness, which you guys, regular listeners, will know is a Facebook group. Uh, that all of us participate in where you get to play sort of bracketology around uh, movies and television. Corey, welcome to Hi. the table. Thank you. I'm very happy to join the episode of Mandalorian Season 2, Little Green Demon Monster Eats uh, Refugees Babies. So, so it sounds like Corey's going to play devil's yum, advocate. Yum. Yeah. <laughs> Corey's going to play devil's advocate. But let's set the stage. Last week's episode was sort of Stephen and I uh, categorize it as kind of a light episode uh, plot wise because, you know, kind of everything that needed to happen was contained within that episode. It's just to move. Uh, our heroes from point A to point B. Um, but along the way, they they had a friend, the frog lady. Um, and Corey, why don't you talk to us a little bit about the reaction you had watching the episode? Because you texted me right after you watched it. Um, and your reaction was a little different than mine. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, like, we're supposed to find Baby Yoda adorable through an episode where it's eating a refugee's babies. Um, unborn babies, you know, and I'm just like, am I supposed to really find this adorable? He's like, oh, and he did it right in front of her at the end while staring at her. He looks, 
over his shoulder and then he pulls the egg out and then eats it and i'm like this really like he this lady had to watch this little green demon monster eat her her offspring like it, it was horrifying I don't Horrifying. know if she actually saw the angle because the back was I thought her his back was to the um, the frog mother and like kind of like did one of these. Hey, this is a mother. She knows how many eggs were in there. She knows they are missing and she could tell she knows that she now will have less babies than she could have possibly had. Steven, your your thoughts. Oh, I mean, I I'm all for the, the baby egg eating um, for comic relief, you know, it's, uh, we get to see some, some real, some really good takes there of Yoda, of baby Yoda child just munching away at a variety of different things. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's like a chicken egg. It's not been fertilized. They haven't gone to Frogman yet. Yeah. And, uh, it's exactly my point I was going to make. No, it, it is exactly what I was stating because they were trying to get the eggs to the husband to fertilize. So technically the baby Yoda was eating unfertilized eggs which is what we do on a normal basis hangover or not making up right. some eggs there in the kitchen uh as somebody with some i guess skin or eggs in this game uh cory <laughs> said that the, the frog lady must know you know how many eggs are in that weird canister that she's carrying around i gotta tell you i don't know how many eggs are in either of my ovaries and uh well there's no intuiting that. Like, I, I mean, I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure for the frog lady, like the fact that she can see them kind of helps, but it just seemed to me like a shit ton of eggs. And she probably is not sitting there like 57, 58, 59. <laughs> it's kind of like in Finding Nemo when there's just like a bunch of eggs. And then, you know, that's that's that. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'd buy that. I mean, again, she put them in a canister. She took them out of a canister. She put them back in again. You know, she could see them. Yeah, why did she I take mean, them? She took them out of the canister. Like, just trying to talk about responsibility you know, here. Yeah. I, I think that was probably to keep them warm. I think she was worried because they were so cold. They didn't have a lot of life support. So she kind of threw them out to keep them warm. But the interesting thing to me was at least it looked like inside of that little spa that she was sitting in and enjoying, there were way more eggs than you could actually visibly see inside of the container that she had. Yeah, we got a, we got a wide angle on the eggs and there definitely appeared to be several dozen instead of just like nine of them yeah yep. but Corey's issue isn't with how many of them there were it's the fact that this is the last spawn of her life cycle right she makes that clear a couple times and uh the fact that no no Sorry. my dog my dog's <laughs> trying to call through the cat door so so real quick i just want to clarify something you're saying that the reason that she put them in the hot water is to protect them and to make sure that they are healthy so that they could live and not die the eggs it sounds like she is very protecting of these eggs and we just watched baby yoda just devour them she didn't even she when the spiders came though she didn't even get them all back into the like Mando had to help her find them and shit. They're they're floating all over. It's like a ball pit. And then and then Mando had to carry him out because she had to frog jump her way out. Yeah, of she. Oh, come on, I mean, how, how really like concerned is she with those eggs? Yeah, well, she knew that Mandalorian. She knew that Mandalorian <laughs> was a was a good person who was trying to help her out. I mean, 
That's true. Um, she did know a lot about the code and his obligations. Yeah, she, she knew. There's not a like, you know, it's not like section five of the code, thou shalt not eat unfertilized eggs. <laughs> well, uh, as far as I know. Baby Yoda not to eat the eggs the entire time. Like he even understood that these should not be eaten. You know, it's not like, and he's generally an apathetic kind of guy who doesn't necessarily care, but even he is like, don't eat these. <laughs> I take issue with that. I think he he's demonstrated, especially this season, a lot of care for creatures that are other than humanoid. So for me, like this is part of Baby Yoda's character development. We've already seen in season one that Baby Yoda is fully ready to go ahead and consume fully developed frog beings sticking in its mouth, swallowing completely, legs coming out. Fun comedy. So these kind of eggs being part of a frog you know, diet, so to speak. I mean, there's no way Yoda would go and eat a fully developed frog person, I see. But also, you know- He might try, yeah. who knows? But, but this also seemed to me that it was going along with the development of the story. So in the episode where he's staring through and looking at the eggs in episode two, he's like, oh my gosh, it's dinner, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And then they sit down and they do that same shot when the, the family is watching Baby Yoda. And then Baby Yoda sees one of them emerge from the egg and has like That's an it. aha moment. Yeah, like, an oh my mm -hmm. gosh, there are organisms in there. When um, Dinj Jaren came and picked them up at the end of the episode, they're actually playing. He, Baby Yoda is actually playing with one of the organisms that they're both, you know, this is our child essentially. And they're telling it to Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda is no way wants to eat that child anymore and doesn't seem interested in eating those eggs at all anymore. So I think this is part of baby Yoda's character development. Agreed. Steven, I think we've seen even when Yoda was cooking um, in Dagobah. <laughs> for, yeah, <laughs> he's always cooking some- Delicious it is. Yeah, meaty looking stew there yeah. too. So I mean, we know that that's a carnivorous species. Yeah, um, Corey, for sure. Tell us a little bit about because you, and you don't have to name names. We won't we won't mm -hmm. shame anyone. But I know you had a conversation with somebody who is uh, on the pro life spectrum politically about this, and you said that you had used this as a metaphor for them. Yeah, yeah. My friend Keith, who is a total right wing uh, kind of guy, who is very uh, anti uh, choice, and he loves um, you know the Supreme Court justice nominations that have been made because he's like, oh, we have to get rid of abortion. I'm like, so wait a minute, you're telling, and he loves Baby Yoda. And he kept posting all these memes about how cute he was, and I'm like, yeah. so you're telling me that you're okay with this this little demon monster eating and killing this lady's unborn babies it's like it was so cute i'm like huh interesting take there for somebody who yells and complains and argues that abortion is just killing of unborn babies and that's did, horrifying to you did he have any reaction um, you know you know when you win an argument uh is when the person responds finally will shut up you know and that oh, was his yeah. response yeah and that was pretty much the only response i got out of it so um okay, i'm just gonna say i won and i proved my point to him well um that's a lot that's a lot <laughs> to take on i don't think keith and i would be breaking bread at the same table but um i guess I see it kind of kind of like this, right? There, she, if she's about to be a mother to 57 eggs, right? Like, I don't know why I'm just throwing 57 mm -hmm. out there. I mean, she probably has a knows a thing or two about children okay and so this is a this is a toddler also i I would like to like speak to the manager about how much food 
is not eaten on the Razor Crest. I don't think they eat enough. I don't think that Din Djarin's eating enough because he's always got that fucking helmet on. And whenever whenever anyone initially offers him food, except for the one time he got soup from that widow, he says no. And yeah. it's like, you've got a child to feed, man. Like, my kids eat snacks from sun up to sundown, and they're still hungry. Um, like, I don't think it's enough food. So this kid's probably starving. And he's saying to him, we'll get something for you to eat soon, you know. And it's like, well, there's food right here. I'm, there's a whole bowl of food. I'm going to eat it. And he's a kid. Like, if my son <laughs> saw, like, um, a popsicle-shaped human, <laughs> like, he would probably mm. eat that, too. I don't know. It's, to me, and he's four. Like, he'd just be like, oh, it's a popsicle. But, yeah, that's, I don't know. I, to me, it's it's in the same vein as how I felt when um, Chewbacca was roasting porgs on a spit because I love the porgs. They look like little happy little penguins to me yeah. with puggy faces. And <laughs> um, I was kind of like, no, don't eat him. But like, I wasn't like politically like I wasn't ready to fucking boycott Star Wars. And I've been on Twitter. <laughs> And there's people who are calling Baby Yoda genocidal. It's like Baby Hitler, basically. <coughs> Darth Vader. <coughs> <laughs> Anakin. <coughs> Killing podlings. <coughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Hypocrite. <coughs> yeah. It's just been a lot ridiculous. of genocide in Star Wars. Yeah, there is. <laughs> I know. It's like there's actual genocide happening yeah. in this country. Planets blowing up. Country. Blowing up Right now, there's actual genocide happening in the United States with the inaction yeah. over covid and these people, largely right-wing people, <laughs> are on here like, how dare he? Um, mm. Keith, you know, aside from Keith, because Keith sounds like he's on the right side yeah. of this one. Keith's an interesting one. <laughs> um, well, Corey, what did you think overall of, of the episode aside from... Because you're you're sort of you watch Mando, but I know you're not a um, yeah. I'm honestly Star Wars I'm not I, I I'm not a Star Wars fan at all. Really, I I like. I mean, I watched them. I watched them all. My brother's a huge fan. I watch them with him. I actually really like Mandalorian. Um, it is very different than Star Wars uh, in a way. But you know, I, I disagree with the concept that um, that episode, The Passenger, was really only a filler episode, and it took place just to get you know. I think a lot actually happened there. So we had a run in with um, the 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 rebels rebels then like they clearly had hey we know who you are we're going to let you pass because you did this stuff they're going to have a run-in again yeah and you saw the relationship with the frog lady i mean he even brought uh baby yoda back to her in episode three you know the third episode of the season um to take care of him and he established a bond with her. So that served the purpose for that episode as well. And his ship is banged up and it's still banged up and, you know, it's still not the best ship ever. And, um, you know, it's not in a great place and there's going to be challenges with the damage that his ship took. Um, I'm sure coming up soon. So I think there are a lot of purposes served in that episode. At least I, I also I, noticed the, uh, the spider creatures uh, that yeah. was very familiar to me from watching star Wars rebels. Those were the, uh, the same not, spiders not the same. that they, they weren't the same spiders. No. Okay. Yeah. I, they, they looked the same shape. The one that, uh, that Kanan yeah. had to kind of like the use crick, the force. The crickness. To, Yes. Okay. So yeah. Different. So, yeah. So, like, that was a big thing that the creature designer actually came out and said they were not of the same species. 
because um, okay. that was there's a different amount of legs and they're also not okay. impervious to the, blasters in the same way that the yes. are. yeah that, yeah true and the, the coloring is a little bit different but yeah it is a callback to ralph mcquarrie's concept art for empire strikes back those creatures were called knobby white spiders uh, maybe white spiders that were uh, supposed to be on uh, Dagobah. Uh, that's uh, where those were supposed to be. Uh. <laughs> oh, is that is that the is that the next uh, boycott? That's Profe- crew? Professor Know It All of Star Wars. <laughs> yes. I know everything. Yeah, so I guess that's a faction, another faction of haters that Fact we have it. to deal with. Yes. Yeah, and um, Corey, just for your awareness, because you'll hear this when you listen to our episode two recap that Stephen and I put out. Uh, I think yesterday or Thursday because we were a little bit late with that. But uh, Stephen, let him know who the X-Wing pilots actually were in relation to the show. Oh, so Dave Filoni is the main kind of main call sign person there who his name is Trapper Wolf because Dave Filoni loves wolves, which I think also is one of the names of the Night Owls uh, in this this episode. Episode three also has, I think, Wolf in the title, which is hilarious. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, Paul Seong-Hyun Lee is from uh, Kim's Convenience, is Captain Carson Tiva. So, but yeah, Dave Filoni, this is his second second appearance. Um, Dave? No, the other guy. Wasn't the other guy from Rebels too? Like he did a voice (sighs) or something there? I'm not sure. He might have. I'm not entirely sure. So um, interestingly, the the way that they've described Dave Filoni, uh, Corey, is he's sort of George Lucas's heir apparent to the Star Wars universe. He's mm-hmm. been there, like he's like my age, which is weird, but he is like, um, been the apprentice to George Lucas, and so the reason, like, he's so involved as an ex- executive producer and a writer on the set, and he also directs several episodes. He's there to gut check. John Favreau on like the science and the sound and like because he knows everything in the the entire universe of George Lucas's mind so he's there to just course correct Favreau a lot on like no that's not the sound that creature would make like they would have a deeper voice or like that's not the sound the ship would make if it were breaking you know and like he's very technical and he gets that's not the sound of my voice Hello, friend. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's so he's very involved, and and that's a cool thing. Since I know that you're appreciating the show, even though you're not a fan of the original Star Wars films, you're appreciating the show, and it's kind of cool that for you, there's like all these layers to explore um, within these Easter eggs. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> that we, you know, are kind of finding and uncovering and unearthing every week. So yeah. Let me, let me just clarify real quick. I don't hate Star Wars. It's just not my favorite series. It's not, so I think it is probably a little overrated, but I don't hate it. I can watch them and enjoy them, or I could watch and enjoy to make fun of them, you know, the the, the movies. Uh, it's But it, it, there's no, by no means, and you didn't say I hate it, but I just want to clarify. I yeah. don't hate Star Wars. It's just well, not... And- and just because I know you you're one for me <laughs> better, um, you know, through the movie madness work that we've done together, the things that you are a fan of are a lot of Spielberg creations and creatures, right? So you're a huge fan of the Jurassic Park series and all of mm-hmm. them. And yeah. you're a huge fan of 
Jaws. And so yep. I, I wonder if episodes like this one, episode two, are appealing more to you because they really do delve into that creature workshop kind of um component like i'm freaked out by spiders so i was yeah yeah spiders are horrifying so when (laughs) baby yoda ate the spider egg i didn't care as much uh because you know one less spider is a good thing i'm I'm kidding you know it's because the frog woman is pure of heart and that's why you don't want it you're okay with her you're not okay with her eggs getting eaten because she's like a good guy no it's because she's humanoid Uh, like if if I were to you know finish this up and go eat an omelet, which I probably will do, it's a Sounds chicken delicious. egg. It is not um you know it's it's not a human's egg. Well, like, I wouldn't... chickens chickens in farms have their eggs taken away from them all the time. Yeah. So are you a vegetarian because of it? Uh, you... Actually, I do eat vegan meals fifty percent <laughs> of the time. Uh, it's very fine, weird. Corey. Your your goodness and your your halo shineth much brighter than the rest of ours. The other fifty percent of the time, I don't eat vegan meals, but you know, um, it's a nice mix of of vegan meals in my diet. Fair point. Well, any anything else to say on fro- the frog family? Um, I'm excited to talk about their joyful reunion in the next episode, but I I know Corey's got to go make an omelet. <laughs> um. <laughs> You know, I, I just I just want to say I am very much enjoying the show. I think it's well I actually think it's well paced, even though, like you said, like some people feel this was a filler episode. I don't and I, I really my favorite thing about the show is that it comes out weekly. It's not like a Netflix series that comes yeah. out the entire yeah. season in one day. And I watched Dead to Me all in like a span of eight hours. And I'm like, what do I do for the next year of my life? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I miss this show already. I can't watch it anymore. Yeah. And, um, you know, so th- that's probably what's helping me enjoy it even more. It's that it is Fair spaced enough. out. I can sit there and comprehend the show and think about it. And uh, it's not just here's everything. And you, you don't even get really a chance to think about the episode. Oh, I would um, be so bummed out. I would right. have nothing to look forward to until inauguration. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Corey, thank you for joining us, and please um, come back. We we definitely want to have yep. some conversations with you about the uh, Jurassic Park and Jurassic World universe. Absolutely, <laughs> films have been. I know you're a. Not only are you a, a huge Jurassic Park fan, but you've actually taken some paleontology classes online, right? Yep, I have four paleontology certificates. I'm a member mm-hmm. of the Paleontological Society of America. Awesome. Um, and uh yeah i love dinosaurs you're you're gonna be our guy for for any uh shark and dinosaur things coming forward and if any raptors make an appearance on uh the mandalorian we'll have to call you for that too all right all about it thank you for having me i'll see you guys later bye are you enjoying the party i i'm trying to what's the matter i can't really put it into words but ever since the awakening I don't know. You'll think I'm crazy if I say it. I know what's wrong. You've got a bad feeling about this, don't you? How did you know? I did too. Until I asked my doctor about Metachloriax XR. Got that uncomfortable feeling that you just can't shut your mind off from, no matter how hard you try? I've got a bad feeling about this. I have a bad feeling about this. I have a very bad feeling about this. 
You aren't alone in wishing you could just wish it all away. I'm in agony. Believe me, I wish that I could just wish away my feelings. But I can't. And that's not just because the thousands of voices inside your head are coming from a sentient cellular being accessing the force inside of you. I, I don't understand. And you never have to. With Midichloriex XR twice daily, you can silence those voices. And our new extended release formula means you'll feel more brain dead than a Gungan after a dozen fuzzy tauntauns. Uh, is that safe? Sure. You'll be more mentally checked out than spending four months frozen in carbonite. So you're telling me if I take this pill two times a day, the voices will stop? You'll sleep like a baby without hearing a peep. And when you wake, you'll have less between your ears than a droid in low power mode. You've closed yourself off from the force. Of course you have. I guess if everyone else is doing it. Heck yeah, we are. Side effects include Hectung, Rathgar Scales, Meaningless Babble, Homophobia, Egomania, Chosen One Syndrome, Death, Dathomir Fever, Band of Voodoo, Prolapse, Hondo Baba, Binary Sunsest, Unlimited Power, Perkins Box, Forward Gullet, Uti Hipini, Maiming, Leku Enlargement, Gunball Syndrome, Dyadding, Hallucinations of Dead People, Thermal Constipator, Fear of Seagulls, Hibernation Sickness, and Illusions of Ranger. Life seems so much simpler when you're fixing things. It sure is. Talk to your doctor about Metachloriex today. I got a really good feeling about this. Alright, and now to discuss <laughs> episode three. The Aerists, um, which to me is probably, I mean, I loved episode one of this season, but uh, this was for the shortest episode of so far of the season, probably the most jam-packed, full of awesomeness um, and uh, wonderfully directed by uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, which I... Uh, Surprise. Yeah, I, I, I thought, I didn't think she was directing this episode. So that, mm -hmm. was, that was fantastic that we got to see see her come back and do kind of another awesome fantastic episode also kind of similarly colored like they had that kind of blue filter in her episode four of season one and this was on a water world and everything kind of had the same kind of saturation of blue which i don't know probably doesn't mean anything but just thought it was interesting as I was it was it. it reminded me very much of the um moon or planet where uh, Kylo Ren and Rey meet at the end of mm. where the wreckage of the Death Star 2 is. Mm. Yep. Um, because the lighting there was so gray and right. watery um, and the cloud, like it was cloudy there. Um, yep. Yep. Raining even. So I thought that was, it felt very um, swampy. And obviously where, is, where there's a marine town, there's going to be Mon Calamari. Right, and, right. And for me too, like being a, a fan of the old, I had all the old toys and everything. I was very excited to see this guy right here. I can you were, it up on did the you screen. just say you were excited? I'm, oh, I'm yeah. very excited. Yes, the, the, all this are Yoda eating, eating egg eggs right has now? me up eating a hard boiled egg now. <gasps> and this, so this oh is. Oh my God, you have the place at. So from back in the oh, day, yeah. this guy was called Squidhead. Yeah. I'm not sure of their race, but evidently they live in, in coexistence with the yeah. Mon Calamari. Yeah, uh, so they're, I had they're Adam Akbar at least knew that. So what, what, what is the race called? called? They're Quarren. And uh, yeah, so they live they live on Moncala with the Moncalamari. And while this is not an estuary moon of Moncala, uh, it is seemingly predominantly populated by Moncalamari and Quarren. Um, Quarren were always like the like bad bad guys. Uh, in yeah. even even in um, like Clone Wars and things, they're historically like Empire sympathetic, sympathetic 
um, and yeah. had betrayed them on Calamari. And so there's been wars. I think there was a whole like arc in Clone Wars of Quarren. I think Quarren had allied with the Separatists. So there was like a huge, there's always been like, they're kind of like kind of shady. So it is interesting that they seem to be coexisting fine on Trask. Um, and in fact, like so much so that the like owner of the inn is like, oh, I think that Quarren has information that you that you may want regarding other uh, Beskar wearing folk. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they they um, are not savory people. The reason that I'm thinking, wait, do we know what what this this is Trask, right? This is where we yeah, are, is the place yeah. we are. So I'm wondering, Stephen, because the um, the history of of um, for what do you call it for um, Mon Cala? Mm-hmm. Wasn't it occupied by the Empire? Oh, yeah. Because yes. of that interaction. There's like a whole like with the king and something. So it was right. occupied. So I wonder if the reason that we're seeing so many Mon Calamari here is because they're refugees, too, in this port town, port it's, planet. It's po- it's possible. So the Mon Calamari were one of the first races to ally with the Re- Re- rebellion slash New Republic and so they were famously known for their shipyards. So similar to like Corellia, where that's where I was Cenar does all of their build, um, which which is another fun little kind of Easter egg. That ATAT looking thing. Yes. Yes. In the, of the episode Pulling is a throw to Solo. Out. Is a throw to Solo. Um, oh so really? That, yeah. So that is called an OICT. Is the name of hmm. the, um, and we see that otherwise. It's either in just the concept art, but it's for sure tied to Silo. So, hmm. so that's a that's a planet that Corellia is pretty much a, you know, ship shipyard ship building facility. As was Moncala, and when they retook the planet, that's where we see those Moncalamari cruisers. And um, I think we start we see them first in Empire Strikes Back. But you know, the famous like bubbled ships, the big cruisers that the Rebellion has, those are all built. At Mancala. So that's they, they repurpose those shipyards, have these awesome shields and all this kind of great stuff. So um, they're very they're they're known engineers, which is also kind of funny because that guy didn't seem like he was a really good engineer. Well, <laughs> well he, he <laughs> kind of like jury rigged it the best he could. I'll fuel it up if it'll hold fuel. It's just <laughs> yeah. Like that's it. Yeah. Um so I went to the Wikipedia uh and found some more about um the relationship between the corn and the um Mon Calamari. So it was actually because of Count Dooku that the separatists rounded up the Mon Calamari population and then put them all in internment camps. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest, like Stephen just said, allied with the Republic, retreated to caves near the city, tried to um, smuggle their leadership off planet. Um, yep. And the Gungans actually came from Naboo to help, but the Quarren, were, the Quarren and the separatists were working together they were able to capture most of Mon Calamari and the Republic Jedi resistance on the planet with the exception of Ahsoka yeah. and Prince Lishar. Um, but apparently at the end of the Clone Wars, um, the, the Mon Cala residents had kind of been restoring peace between the Quarren and the Mon Calamari. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, 
at the end they ended up supporting the alliance and that's why the rebel alliance and that's why you see so many of them in that that end um scene at the end of rise of skywalker mm-hmm. yep so there's your nerd history about Mon Cal for the day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we get a nice little nod to we get to see some more Mon Cala flan um <laughs> currency, which I'm all about that currency. It's flan like the pudding. Yeah, yeah, it's those like blue currency that yeah, they use. It's it like squishy really and gross and awesome. Uh yeah. Um one thing I did before we kind of truck ahead into more of the story stuff. I, I would say that that re-entry or entry into uh, Trask is very reminiscent of episode two, or sorry, episode three. Yeah, episode three, yeah. when they're flying in the capital ship and into into Coruscant, and it's just falling apart, and yeah. it's a rough, a very rough landing, so. Yeah, it also me made me feel, it rem- reminded me a lot of Gravity. Um, and he, we talked about this in the end of the last episode, Stephen. Um, but even in The Martian, when Matt Damon's character is having to like piece together the pod that's launching into space like with tarp and right. pressurize it, and he's going to have to fly up into space like without a fully pressurized cockpit. Um mm-hmm. And then in gravity, obviously, when when Sandra Bullock is coming down in the heat um, in a falling apart capsule, uh, that too. Right. So I feel like that's sort of those are both scenes that we know NASA consulted on. Um, we don't know, obviously, the Trask atmosphere and you know gravity level. I mean, it, it all seems kind of Earth Earth normal esque. <laughs> But um, it's cool that they that it did feel and like you watch little like shingle type pieces panels falling off of it as it comes in. Yeah, it was a legit. Yeah. And then I like that he tried to square up his landing and then just, and then like, just toppled the ocean. Was, I laughed out loud for that. Yeah, one. it was. He seems yeah. so. He was all like. Then that's the thing too is I I'm starting to get nervous because every time Mando has such swagger that everything's gonna go his way. I'm like, it's gonna. There's gonna come a day when he doesn't. He's not able to out, like shoot his way out of something, or he's not able to like get out of a sinking ship. So um, yeah, I'm starting to be wary that um, he's hit that lever a little too many times. So, at least uh, from a from a science perspective, on mine. Um, thoughts for the landing is the episode before when they showed you know the the wrecked craft kind of flying back out into space and they only had the cabin pressurized mm-hmm. i mean you know the back cargo door was hanging off and yeah. just like flopping yeah. so for me when yeah, you, you can see through it <laughs> yeah so when when you're hitting re-entry i i, I guess it's because of the, the steel that this thing is made out of because you know on, on a space shuttle if you're missing one heat panel it right you know, you're it blows up your entire ship so like with an open yeah. door i assume like the entire cockpit there the entire like cargo area has just been like completely fried. Um, yeah, there or there's so much heat coming through that way. Ray shielding. Oh, you know, whatever. R E Y or R A Y is a Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And then just to just to um, tie a bow on the landing and the docking and and running into a Mon Calamari engineer to help fix the ship up is that that reunion between frog lady and frog husband Ah. so cute it was so cute and sweet and they're calling for each other trying to find um each other 
but while that is happening, we have uh, somebody watching um, mm -hmm. that reunion. Mm -hmm. um, yes. At first, it looks like a Jedi or a Sith. She's mm -hmm. in a dark right. cloak, and she. It, I thought at first maybe it was going to be um, a Jedi, but it it was actually um, the actress is Mercedes Bernardo, but she's a WWE star and cousin yep. of Snoop Dogg, um, Sasha Banks. <laughs> cool. Yep. And she's there uh, under the name Casca Reeves, right? Yes. Even okay. Yes. Um, so we don't know who she is in initially, but she's watching oh. this reunion. And then, yeah, as Steven said earlier, um, Mando gets hooked up with a Quarren who wants to ship out. And go, go show him where the, yeah. And then we get introduced to a new creature that I, I don't think we've seen a mama core before, mm -hmm. um, which very Sarlacc looking kind of like beak, Water you know, kind of water, water sarlacky sarlac kind of thing, <laughs> um, which was, you know, it's again like yet another cool new creature that we get introduced to. Um, right and uh, yeah, the 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 uh, the plan is afoot, and it looks like Mando, you know, is gonna not gonna win this one until the oh, night this owls. Was scary. This was yeah. Yeah. scary. Yeah, I yeah. actually felt like the claustrophobicness of him being trapped there, not being able yeah. to breathe because of the it water felt being trapped. Very, in his... just like that scene at the end, um, in the the uh, penultimate season of Game of Thrones when Jon Snow is under the 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 yes. crowd of people uh, trapping him during the fight with the bastards. Out. Yeah, yeah. Getting, everyone's oh. being trampled. Yeah, that's yes. the same sensation. Yeah. I can't rewatch that episode, oh. or at least I can't watch that scene. I love that episode because Sophie yeah. Turner's so good in it. But that was like, oh, like I get sick yeah. in the chest and I have anxiety, so like I I start breathing fast and my apple watch right. like your heart rate's going up are you dying yeah. and i'm like no, i'm watching the mandalorian should we call an ambulance like no calling ambulance okay. now yeah <laughs> charge no, your account 149 just watching the disney channel <laughs> um it's like me during a steelers game i completely yeah. understand well, I know Corey um, is planning to watch this episode that morning, which is one of the reasons he didn't hang around too. Um, but I would love to see his take on that water sarlacc. Uh, yeah, that, sh that shit was terrifying. Very Jaws esque, is at least yeah, for his wheelhouse for the, the mega sharks and stuff that he. Yeah, with a well. jankety yeah. like fishing boat and yeah. these yeah. weird squid-like guys. And, and they're like, yeah, we're still pirates in the yeah. uh, building. Quarren got pirates, a little pirate yeah. accent here with the Quarren. That's how the Quarren talk are. <laughs> and so, um, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I go first, ahead. I first I thought, and, and it, it's not, that the voice of that one Quarren, I'm like, is that Vincent D'Onofrio voice? It did sound like Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, good it call. It did. But I, I thought the same like thing. Him. Yeah. And then I looked at the credits and I was yeah, like, I don't I'm know like, any of these uh, fucking people. Yeah. Who's listening up? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. the same thing with the guy, the Mon Calamari. I was like, which comedian is this? Yeah. It's guy. shocking. It's shocking that now the expectation is like every side character. Yeah. There's with some celebrity doing like well, a cameo appearance. There's whole <laughs> websites now tracking all of the cameos just in the Mandalorian, and it's like longer because you know that like um, Princess William and Harry got to be stormtroopers in a movie, right? Mm. They always bring people in. I forget who the stormtrooper was that Ray manipulated. Daniel Craig. 
That's yeah, right. That's it was Daniel, Daniel Craig. Craig. 007, yeah. 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 So like, there's all these websites for cameos on just the Mandalorian now, and I'm like, oh my god, like every every person, I'm like, who the fuck is this person? Who is this person? Yeah. Who is that voice? And you can't tell. Yeah. And so, um, but no, these seem to just be like, you know, probably this is what they can afford with the budget now, because <laughs> yeah. they spent right. all their money on everything else. Um, yeah. But what was I going to say? Yeah. So he's so they aren't after because they let they let. Uh, baby yoda whose price is probably worth far more yeah they don't i don't Beskar. think they know any they don't know anything about that they just know that that best scar is yeah primo primo dinero so which is good i really like um i really liked that because it reassured me that um like they weren't uh if the news hasn't traveled to Trask that I felt like, okay. Cause I was like, Mando, you know, always is leaving baby Yoda when he left them with the frog people, babysitters. I'm like, I don't distrust the frog people. I just assume bad actors are going to come mm -hmm. and the frog people don't look like they can defend themselves very well. I'm sorry. No. Like I'm maybe no. she's got some skill with that tongue, but it's acid or something. <laughs> yeah, poison know. dart, like a poison dart frog. Like, yeah. oh, nice. like baby Yoda picking off a couple of those eggs. Isn't going to mean anything after yeah. those, like a couple of, uh, Imperial guards come in and slaughter the frog people. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so then, uh, who comes to, to save the day, Steven? Yeah. So the night owls, which are an awesome, the whole arc, if you haven't watched it, the whole Mandalore arc within Clone Wars TV show and then extending into Rebels is just phenomenal. Um, so I do highly recommend that. So they are, if you're not aware, are a group of Mandalorians led by uh, Bo-Katan, um, who is, to get really nerdy, is the sister of the Duchess Satine, who was the lover of Obi-Wan Kenobi, who was killed by Darth Maul. Oh my God. Um, yeah. So That's who quite a, quite a rap sheet. Yeah. Yeah, who ruled Mandalore for for a brief period of time, mm. and I guess uh, that means we might see her in the Obi Wan series, in some type of like flashback or, or yeah. yeah. Um, but it's really so the Night Owls made the mistake of aligning with the Death Watch, which we find out that um, Dan is a part of the Children of the Watch. Hmm. which I believe is the spinoff of, of Death Watch. So some kind of hmm. subsect of Death Watch, which were a group of disenfranchised Mandalorians who lived on the moon, who believed in the way of a Mandalore, um, which kind of harkens back to, again, Knights of the Old Republic kind of stuff, where very much this is the, the whole, this is the way, all of that kind of stuff, this very dogmatic approach to Mandalorian philosophy. Although Death Watch at the time, they still were taking their helmets off and all that kind of stuff. So uh, that must that that zealot, zealot sect kind of must have emerged later. Um, but they teamed up and they took over Mandalore um, for a period of time. And then of course, Darth Maul came in, betrayed the Night Owls. Bo-Katan realized, oh my God, I've, you know, I've done this. This is not good. I've I need to I need to write write my way and. Um, she frees her sister and teams up with Anakin and, and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka. And, um, you know, from there on out, she becomes this kind of good actor, kind of trying to restore Mandalore the best she can. And eventually is bequeathed the Darksaber, um, which is the tool that kind of is a way to unify all of Mandalore. Um, so that's what Gideon's she's got in his hands now. Yeah. Right. So how Moff Gideon got it. 
I'm, I'm very excited to learn more about that. But um, so we have those two other um, Sasha Banks's character, Casca Reeves, which I don't have, believe has been in the series, but maybe so is kind of one of the helmeted Mandalorians in the background. And then Axe Wolves, Wolves, there's not an L, but Axe Wolves is the other, the other Mandalorian. Uh, so yeah, it, it's like a huge amount of exposition that they kind of drop that we finally find out who the hell like didn't the sect that they belong to. Because I, I think long, we've long suspected that they're not, you're, they're not the norm, the like Mandalorians that we've seen yeah. in Clone Wars and such. It's um, funny too when she explains that because I mean we've we've talked a lot about the evolution of Din Djarin's character, Stephen, like since last mm-hmm. season, um, and kind of the opening of his, you know, he's just like a more open-minded guy than he was in the beginning of season one, and so sure. to hear him classified as you know like a um, religious zealot lunatic is kind of funny. Yeah, um, yeah. They're like, oh, there's one of those. Yeah, he's <laughs> like this weirdo. Well, yeah. Like, well, I like that setup. QAnon though. member. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, no. you're one, oh, you're one of those kind he's of Mandalorian. Pizza, like, pizza game yeah. conspiracy theorists. But yeah. what, I, what I like is that you understand, at least within this episode, the first time Din was faced with that, he flew off. He's like, all right, guys, I'm out of yeah. here. They came yeah. back, they helped him again, and he's yeah. like, well... You know, maybe there can be another way. Dude, so he's just so right. disappointed every time he meets a Mandalorian-looking <laughs> person that they take off their helmet. He's just like, "Fucking hell!" Yeah, no. Like, like, give me your armor. Where'd you get that yeah. armor? Yeah. 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 All right. I guess I gotta uh, kill you three now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the other thing too is I like that the pirates were only after the armor. Um, hmm. You know, too. Like it seems like Beskar, and and we got that in the very beginning of this with um, John Leguizamo's character in episode one of season two. It was like, you know, the price on Beskar keeps rising. Mm. Um, so it, I'm sure that the increased threat against all Mandalorians or Mando type people um, is huge. And and we've got to get the Beskar to you. <laughs> <laughs> I like the. Um, so I didn't watch Rebels, um, so I'm coming mm-hmm. into this a little bit green. Um, but I understand that the actress who does the voice for Abokatan is who we see now, um, Katie. Oh, I well, uh, Katie Sackhoff. Yeah. Yeah. But I I remember her like as soon as she took off her helmet, I'm like Starbuck because I watched yeah. Battlestar. I mean, I was a huge yeah, Battlestar so she fan has as a well. Pretty good. Yeah. I mean, she has a pretty awesome. Um, sci-fi resume yes she's she's been in um riddick uh yeah chronicles yeah halloween resurrection she was on 24 uh and in oculus as well and one great part too i mean you know as 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 you like re-identifying characters when she took over the role of starbuck in the most recent Battlestar, it was a male character in the old seventies, oh, eighties cool. mm-hmm. version of TV show Battlestar. So yep. that was a really nice change, and she still was this very, you know, awesome strong, character. you know, not masculine, but very, you know, s- strong and capable fighter, and really right. carry. I-, I thought she was an excellent uh, job, and yeah. one of the most interesting characters on Battlestar Galactica. Well, let's just say that wig, though. Right? Am I right? That I'm, wig is the wig. Not, yeah. <laughs> a little rough. Like, why not little just let her, rough. Have her hair, 
like her normal hair. She's blonde, yeah. right? So like, yeah, just like dye it. Dye it. You know, yeah. just with washout dye. That wig yeah. is hideous. Yeah, this is a bad she's, wig. She's like a year older than me too, and oh. I was like, she looks like she's like fifteen years older than me with that bad wig. No. Um, yeah, it was it was a rough it was a rough wig, but hopefully they ultimately her for the yeah. next time we see her, that it's just too much. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, and so the other um, actress uh, that I was just talking about, who's Snoop Dogg's cousin, which is kind of cool, is um, uh, in WWE wrestling. Yeah, she's a huge, huge superstar from that, which is our second like female wrestling superstar. Who's, yeah, after yeah. Um, Gina Carano. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the all, as many you can just you can have like as many Mandalorians as you want. Like I will never get tired of yeah. seeing jetpack flying people with guns and, and awesome seem, nice gauntlets really and yeah. oh, that like, and then that that outfit the, is top and the whole top like notch. the whole whip to trip people. That's like oh a big God, Mandalorian move. Yeah. <laughs> that's that was awesome. So good. Yeah, it was so good. I I just want that. Yeah, all the time. I have to rewatch yeah. this episode because I kind of had to rush watch it um, yesterday morning. But um, and they took this... down the 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 Quentin the, the Quint that when they burned the group. I mean, well, it was a very a quick. Oh, the quarrels. Yeah, yeah, they, they were just like they were quarrels. They were just like yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they because they, 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 they were like they were like literally like a three to five second fight because they're yeah. so yeah. accurate and they know exactly and they're coordinated I and mean, everybody's taking their own person. It's like boom, 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 boom. I think <laughs> yeah. even the most heavily like that's I mean that's what we saw when um the Mandalorians in the Syndicate faced down. Oh yeah, that was um, so also faced down highlight of the all show. of the other bounty hunters in the world. It seemed. Um, yeah and made short work of them when they all arrived. And so it, I mean, it seems like they were sort of doomed to. Yeah. To until Gideon, until Gideon yeah. came. And so mm. unless you're yeah, fighting against like, well. the empire's best, and even then, you know, cause we, we have a very exciting cameo um, that shows up as an Imperial captain in Titus Welliver. Yes. So good. Lost, <laughs> lost man in black. Um, oh, and yeah. also, we finally see Moff Gideon, Moff Gideon again for the mm. first time um, uh, with Giancarlo Esposito. And I was listening. Yeah. I have to go back and re-watch it. But I don't think he... I don't think um, the conversation between the two of them, which is just, you know, hologram of Moff Gideon, I don't believe Titus Welliver reveals that it's Mandalorians who are attacking, right? He... Oh, I don't... I don't think he does. Moff Gideon would be like, what? Where? Who? How many? Like, but they, I don't think he knows that it's. Yeah, it Mando. could be a. It could be a. I, it could be a given only because are there like are these the same people who've been attacking uh, our other ships? So maybe, no. you know. But Din Djarin isn't with them. Well, no. no One, yeah, and I. And I don't a think. Good missed opportunity for him, like on behalf of Din Djarin well, and the child. I, I don't. Right, and and the child wasn't. I don't think he knew that that was Din with them. So well, that's I mean, like because how, how would Titus Welliver's character have known? He doesn't know who the fuck right. that is. He's just like right. another dude in a suit. Right, right. Yeah, no, that was uh, another fun, another fun little Easter egg. It's a Gazanti class cruiser. Um, oh, okay. Nice. Tell us about which, it. Which, um, we I think first see in it's either episode one or episode two. They've they're, they've been around for a while. Um, I think we've gone inside one in either Clone Wars or Rebels, but this is like the first time we've had kind of a 
don't know. It's it's a it's a favorite of mine from from video games and, and role playing games that type of cruiser. So cool. I was I, I love the design. The look of it is very yeah, it cool. Feels yeah, like it feels like you're inside it. Like the the um, cockpit feels very Walker style. Yeah, you know, like very mm-hmm. ATAT Walker style cop cockpit. Yeah. So yeah. Um, oh. But yeah, awesome. this is sort of in the manner of the episode "The Prisoner," which I, I'll be honest was my least favorite episode of the entire yeah. series. I really disliked it. I don't, I don't like the um, what's what's the kind of alien, the chick with the tentacle. Twilight. Twilight. Yeah. Twilight. Yeah, I really disliked. Like, I just feel like if you're gonna be like they have a romantic backstory, like don't just like kind of. Throw, like throw it in there and then her brother and god knows what happened to him because he he survived right didn't he survive mm. before the x-wing pilots came i don't know i don't remember anyway. if that ship got yeah i'm not sure if they got blown up or not with along with the dave filoni and everyone in the x-wings were arriving right as mando was like Phew, yeah. right here. and they're just like yeah. they're like armed <laughs> torpedoes yeah yeah like, um okay so yeah so it felt like that to me a little bit in the in the fight scene like the kind of invade the hallways and fav favs john favreau's a, a big fan of those down the hallway battle mm-hmm. shots we know this because iron man 2 you know when uh, scarlet them, yeah. witch uh or not scarlet witch black widow uh comes in and and does her gymnastic uh epic takedown of all of the baddies in iron man 2 so yeah um Got some thermal detonator action yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like the, the tank. Those. I like the tank huh. approach too, because evidently um, Din's uh, armor is more impervious to laser blasts than most. I mean, yeah. he's got like this epic, epic armor, yeah. hand hand hammered armor. Yeah. And yeah, he when got, he did the he tank approach, hit. and like he's like, cover me, and it's like. By cover me, do you mean I'm going to run out and take all of the laser yeah. blasts yeah. and no one's going to be yeah. shooting to help me out? Yeah. Because yeah. that's exactly they, uh, what Din did. <laughs> he does have that real fancy armor. I mean, I think the armorer gave him yeah. the best the best of the best gar that there was available. And yeah. so he's just out there getting hammered. I'm like, God, he's got to be breaking ribs. Yeah. That looks beautiful. Yeah. 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 yeah, that was, that that moment was uh, super cool. Um, there's one little, can't, I don't know if it's considered a cameo, if folks were wondering who the deck officer yes. was, mm-hmm. so any any if there's any like Brooklyn Nine Nine fans oh, okay. on there, he's the bartender in that yeah. show. Um, he's had a lot of like, bartenders in this yeah, show. Yeah, I know we're getting a lot of bartenders <laughs> this year. We got the, he's had the a lot, a lot of those kind of. Yeah, he's had a lot of those kind of cameos and shows. Kevin Dorf is is his name. So cool. that I because I, I immediately like saw him. I'm like, I know who that. I couldn't place him. And for a minute, I'm like, is it somebody from like like from the original like movies that they've re- right. you know like they're that was kind of my thought. Or, but that's who that is. Just as an FYI. We're getting hmm. well. So we have a lot of stormtroopers for this post imperial world. Um, and and one has to assume that as mandalorian gets deeper into seasons that we're gonna see this start to start to take the shape of the first order oh yeah um, for sure because stormtroopers don't die i mean like in the in the first season when we see their heads all on pikes in um tatooine like it's it's kind of like oh well that way that's done with but like there's, right. there's a lot of them still out there still still acting I- I'd have to look at the timeline. I'm not sure where this falls in with the Battle of Jakku. Oh, okay. If, if that, or, well, Jakku, if you're an Imperial, 
as they call it, because um, the Imperial Remnant was still, and they had two super Star Destroyers left. Mm. Um, they were still pretty a force to be reckoned with for quite some time. Um, and it wasn't until after the Battle of, of Jakku that they really kind of started to lose ground. Yeah. And um, when they, when kind of the group went off and kind of fled, um, what's his, uh, Hux's father was yeah. the person who was in charge of establishing, the the step, basically. yeah, and establishing using children. So yeah. the ab- abduction, they, he essentially trained all of these, like, there's like a crazy sequence in Aftermath of like these kids just like killing all these people, like these 10 year olds who are like assassin level trained. Um, so they were, he was creating an army of children that would be eventually like indoctrinated to become all of the troopers and such. Mm. Uh, so that's, that's, uh, I, yeah, it's, it certainly seems that Moff Gideon is like, I, I'm, I'm sticking to that. I think he's a member of the Sith Eternal. Yeah. And that's a good, that's a good call. Yeah. And like the fact that he's like, all right, now you've got to like take the ship down and like kill yourself, like go down with the ship. Yeah. And then he's also got like the electro tooth. <laughs> the cyanide, yes. like, cyanide, the cyanide <laughs> electro tooth. Yeah. Which cyanide. Was, never seen that before. Uh, like that was, that was awesome and terrifying. So yeah, I did these, the, the Imperials that are left, are real 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 bad yeah we can yeah can you guys hear me okay there's there's yeah. something i hate this and i'm just gonna make him buy me another one of the thing i sent striker <laughs> <laughs> I, I like i can't hear myself and these headphones are horrible and i have the monitors turned all the way up i don't know i should mm. have been done this um okay yeah uh so, so like guess we won't be seeing him again uh it was really funny i was reading the i like vulture does a really good recap column um and i really mm-hmm. love their writing style <laughs> and there was a the last line of the article was he implies he knows something about gideon's mysterious dark saber but before bo katan can get anything more out of him he activates some cyanide like death pills and dies okay bye yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just like yeah and wow, they really we brought him in for that. <laughs> they really didn't need the interrogation though, because she already kind of knew that you know he, he had the dark saber. Yeah, the dark kinda, saber. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty much it. It's like, does he have it? It's like, well, if you're asking me, you already know. It's like, well, I guess. Yeah. It's, uh, okay. <laughs> Thanks for telling me why. But hey, not telling me. <laughs> we got a whole we got a whole cargo bay of guns though, and right. some pretty cool looking guns. <laughs> yeah. The equivalent of an elf, the narwhal. Bye, buddy. I hope you find your dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. Which... So that that happened, and it's like, okay, I met you guys. We're gonna go get the kid. Yeah. I gotta go, and she gives him the information he needs to go find a Jedi. Which Jedi oh, yeah. is it? Ahsoka Tano. Which I'm. I I just can't wait. Um. And we find out that he has to go to the city of Calodon on Corvus, a forest planet, which I had to do some sleuthing to figure out what the hell Corvus was because I didn't I Corvus. didn't ring a bell. Yeah, so, it's starting to sound like like this point is starting to sound like STDs. They're running yeah. out of names for planets. <laughs> yes. Got a bad and case of Corvus. There's two Corvuses. One Corvus is a ship. 
and it's called Court of the Corvus, which is, I think, canonized from Battlefront okay. 2. And then, the, which there is, I was reading some stuff on Inverse about that, but it seems likely there's a planet called Corvus Minor that is introduced in the original Theron trilogy, so it's now Legends. And the only way it's really introduced, it's like the agents of the Emperor, like the Emperor's Hand, like Mara Jade, she, they store, they store like a holdout blaster pistol in a book saying like the history of Corvus Minor, because it's okay. apparently like nobody, it's kind of like a, there's nothing really important there. Mm. So that's the only throwaway of Corvus that we have. It's some throwaway planet that they hide a blaster in the encyclopedia of its history um, from the original Thrawn trilogy books. So I that's, I, I haven't read those in so long. It's yeah, revisiting some of that actually. They're good. Actually, I actually re, re I listened to them um, several months ago on Audible, and they're they're really. I think Mark yeah, Thompson I've does been, the voice I've been work for that. Aftermath on on Audible. I love the narration. It's really good. Yeah, very very good. So, so that's. I mean, I I don't think we're gonna get to Corvus in episode the next episode because. I do think that Dave Filoni's episode five is really the holdout to like introduce Ahsoka. Um, so. so maybe you guys can help me out with this too. Cause I, I'm again, not as deep into the animated stuff. I, I have read a lot of the older books, but um, talking about this episode specifically, a lot of people were suspecting that Sasha Banks character was actually going to be Sabine Wren. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, who is, I guess, the sister of Bo-Katan. Is that right? I don't know if she's, she's, a part, of, she's part of the family. Part of the family line. I know that. Yeah, I think the uh, Mandalore was offered to her first and she declined because I think she was in the line order. Okay. Correct? Yeah, in and the she canon, will, she's with Ahsoka, so maybe we'll see her. She, she gets, she is the one who first claims the dark saber. Yes, oh, okay. and then, but then bequeaths that to Bo Katan. But There's that's a whole, early, you know, that occurred before a New Hope, whereas yeah. this is after Jedi. So right, quite some right. time has exactly. passed exactly. between those two instances. In a yeah, little... because in canon, it's supposed to be that she was heading to the unknown regions with Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. to find Ezra Bridger. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm very curious to see. But I wonder if she'll be, yeah, if she'll be with her, and then I wonder who will have playing her because um, I'm always excited when they add more women to the show. And yeah, I love. Oh, yeah, Sophie Thatcher. Oh yeah, that's right. She wasn't in this one, and we did see that she was going to be in an upcoming episode. Ooh. So maybe Sophie Thatcher is going to have. A purple wig nice. for that. Yep, for Sabine. Yeah, or Sabine. she'll be willing to just dye her fucking hair because yeah. like, that's the thing. It's it's almost a, a horrible tradition of Star Wars because remember how much Carrie Fisher hated hated all the hair that George Lucas made her do. Um, yeah, I'm actually wearing a Carrie Fisher uh, from Return of the Jedi style here. I've got the Endor nice. side braid with my long, and I just had my hair colored yesterday safely by my friend who lives in my house right now. So as to not be um, unsafe during COVID, but uh, yeah. So like, it's almost a horrible tradition of just, just, just terrible female hair. Um, mm. 
the only good hair a woman has had in the Star Wars universe, I think, is um, Kira, honestly. Everyone else, Ray had bad hair. Yeah. I, I uh, thought they did Rose a great job Chico with, with Queen hair. Amidala's hair. I thought her hair was amazing <laughs> when they did her hair. And like, plus, I, I like Leia's hair. I like the braids three. that she yeah. had on Endor and the buns are iconic. Yeah, you liked yeah. them, but the actress didn't. So I'm wondering, oh, if, didn't. I'm wondering if when you're walking into play, like a cameo, um, if you're just being told, this is what your fucking hair is going to look like if you're not given the option to dye it. Because I'd be like, bleach my hair and dye it turquoise. I don't care, but I'm not yeah. wearing that ugly fucking wig. Yeah. Um, yeah. You'll be out yeah. of your mind. It, yeah, it's, 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 it's a rough wig. Um, I mean, it looks like I, I didn't have as much problem would... with the wig. I'm on the other side, guys. Like, I really didn't have that much of a problem with it. It, you it know, just reminds I obviously, me of... like, I don't even know if I knew it was a wig. I, I watched <laughs> the episode twice. <laughs> You know, I, I just was just so enamored with the fact that it was Starbuck. I was like, yeah. oh, my gosh, this is amazing. I yeah. love her as an actress. So. For me, it reminded me of um, I've been watching a lot of like the shows like Unorthodox mm-hmm. about the sects of Judaism. Oh, where they have to cover their hair with wigs. Yeah, it's a great show. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of bad wigs in that. And there's also a movie that um, Rachel McAdams and Rachel Weiss did um, where they have to wear wigs and um yeah so yeah that's what it reminded me of because it's just the coloring is so off from her skin she's a blonde in real life and like it mm. just it was such an orange and i know that's yeah. a character in the cartoon but i haven't watched i haven't watched Rebels, they, so. it's also in the cartoons you can kind of see in the picture behind me her yeah. hair is a little more it's not as like maroon yeah i mean that it looks is. like hair that you could could accomplish without a wig but yeah, yeah. We don't need to but focus too much on that. Anyway. It's like the egg debate now. Yeah. Um. And so just real quick. So Ren, the clan that that's the clan that Sabine is part of. So clan Ren, they're a different clan. I'd have to look. I think there's some, you know, split off of how, where Ren, clan Ren falls into things, but they're eventually um, enlist, they enlist with the rebellion and to help them out. Uh, but yeah, it's there's a whole like the whole Gar Saxon thing in in Rebels is a whole really fun arc. So if you haven't watched watched Rebels, um, or you're or if you're like it's for kids, it's just for kids. <laughs> it's not like no. there's a couple like for kids. It's just a, hard for me to get bought all the way into a new new series right. at any given moment because i've got so much to watch for the pod so right yeah and it's and typical I just like it my kids yeah. so yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and there's like episodes that are like chopper going and off to do like droid stuff which you're like okay <laughs> this is probably going to be more kids friendly and then there's other episodes you're like how do kids watch this this person just got like dismembered on yeah. on tv <laughs> yeah how do you explain that so like you know it's it's very much you can you can certainly cherry pick episodes if you want as you go through, but I like it's well worth episodes. well worth watching, especially if you want to find out what happened with Darth Maul. And it all kind of ties. I oh, think it's all okay. Well, now all gonna I have tie to tie in because I do. I I mean I know I know from canon what happened, but like I really actually like that's one of the reasons I'm so pro Solo too. So oh, oh, you, oh, oh, you need to watch Rebels then. It's okay. it's all about, it gives you everything. Sweet. Yeah, I've seen clips and stuff. Oh, okay. I've yeah. seen clips and stuff, um, but I haven't really watched it, so I'm going to. Yeah, yeah and it, it, it will shed a lot of light, I think, to some of the 
some of the mythology or some of the history stuff that we're going to be getting with Mandalorian. So, yeah. Right. Cool. So next week then is going to be our big episode. Steven, this is the one that Dave Filoni is directing then? No, this is Carl Weathers' episode. Oh, Oh, that's right. Carl Weathers is directing it. Yes. Nice. So we we have like an inner, uh, what I think is going to be some some event that's going to have to involve Carl Weathers, your brief Karga coming back, and probably Cara Dune. So, uh, yeah, your favorite. Right? Yeah. I, I She was my favorite. I know. I so angry. <laughs> Just wear a fucking mask, goddammit. You were supposed to be the chosen one. I know. That's how I feel. I do. I feel that way about her right now. So, so the like, writers should just make her a Mandalorian now to force her character to always just, wear a no, mask. I think, they, I think they should just kill her, honestly, at this point. But it would be more fun to always have her in a mask yeah, from now on would. because An she doesn't believe in it in the real world. Yeah. See, irony, that's what gets my It attention. would be, yeah. <laughs> but um, so then I guess here's my question. I don't feel like we're going to get Grief Karga and Cara Dune and Ahsoka and Zabit, like all these people in the next week's episode. So what's, no. you're right, what's going to happen on the way to get to Ahsoka that involves Cara Dune and, you know, if Carl Weathers is directing it, I know that that's going to be an episode. He's going to be in it, so for are sure. They, are they yeah. coming to help? along the way is he nervous going into this situation alone and he like asked them for help like what's you know i feel i just always i'm like god you need a backup you need like a wingman dude you can't just be you and this kid and his little like egg shaped his little egg shaped hovercraft which now he's uh, lost yeah. it he's yeah right. i know it's yeah that got ripped apart yeah 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 i know that was a really sweet crib too i feel bad for that you need a new stroller um Though it's not child friendly because to shut those really quick acting doors, the buttons on the outside of the craft. Yeah. Yeah. You see See, Baby Yoda always reaching to the outside and bringing his hand in really quickly before it goes up. He should just do it with his mind. I know. (laughs) You need to be a button inside to do that so you're not going to lose a limb. (laughs) He needs like a Beskar one that like the Forge Master builds that'll have, that'll be really lone wolf and cubby and have like retractable blades that pop out. Steven, I bet you just figured out why we go get, we go back to get the armor for, that's probably where we run into. um, Oh, maybe. Because how else is he going to run into them? He's got to go back, get the ship fixed up. He's got to get... Uh, a new maybe. a new crib for the baby, you know. And so maybe maybe maybe, maybe that's yeah. maybe that's it. And or I it's bet... or that the planet's on the way and they need to refuel. Or he just doesn't strike me as a like I'm going to drop it and visit my friends guy. I think there's going to be a need. <laughs> he he yeah, needs something. Need. He probably like... wants to get more information about the Jedi from the armorer, and maybe he wants to ask the armorer why his like sex... what the fuck. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I've seen four fucking people take their mask off since the last time I saw you, and I was grow like I was raised to never take this thing off my head. Tell me like yeah. more about you know the siege of Mandalore and all of this. And I met it's this po- person. It's possible. Yeah. I bet he yeah. goes back to stock up on gear, and that's when he and com- uh, encounters his old friends, and then maybe maybe they need help on their planet right now because of you know the- maybe. Occupation, Imperial maybe. remnant, yeah. Moff Gideon yeah. was there, still alive. I saw him, you know. Yeah. Yeah. What planet was that? 
again? Oh god, it's like not Tatooine. No, but it's, it's Tatooine. Like, yeah. It's like it is Tatooine. fake Tatooine. <laughs> yeah, Tatooine too. Um, <laughs> let's see. Planets and Mandalorian. Planet. All right. No. Okay, so the first planet is. Episode three of season one. Navarro. Okay, that's right. Mm. Weird name. Yeah. Well, I bet we get. a guitarist. Yeah. (laughs) I bet we get a lot of celeb cameos too along the way. I'm sure we get probably troopers. Mm. I don't know. Oh yeah. We get Giancarlo Esposito again, but you got to wonder where he was hologramming from, you know? He's going to, there's going to be some showdown. And I think at some point Mandalorian's going to get that dark saber in his hands. I think is my guess. We got to figure out though. You know what though? The trailers for the season that were, you know, I mean, they're always kind of uninformative because it goes so quickly. Like, but it looked like, Carl Weathers and Gina Carano were on a ship, you know, because there was presumably the Razor Crest. I thought I thought it was the Razor Crest bigger to me, but Hmm. maybe it is. So uh, he obviously gets it fixed up. I don't know why he wouldn't just go back to Pelly on Tatooine to get it fixed up, because obviously he's got to go where he can trust people to repair it. Right. Yeah. Maybe he does. And maybe they come and meet him there. I don't know. But I think that will I think my only question is, do we actually meet ahsoka in the next episode or not and what the fuck about boba fett we have not revisited the end of that episode yeah i don't yeah yeah i don't know i don't know if he'll be back or not he's in star's house (laughs) i think we're more likely going to get tomorrow it was a tomorrow morrison is going to be playing rex i think we're going to get old rex like very old age makeup rex with ahsoka This is my thought on when when we go to Corvus. And Rex Rex is one of the clones, right? Yeah, he's kind of like the de facto leader guy with the 99. Yeah. And then we also need to know about Fennec Shand. We still have no information on Fennec Shand. Yep. Speaking of Fennec Shand and words that sound like Fennec Shand, um, Dank Ferrick? Yes. Yeah, there you go. The Star Wars swear word, Dank Ferrick, <laughs> yeah. had a lot of usage. Like, the swear jar got fuller. Yeah, both sides episode. said it this time, too, which was... Yeah. So, it must be a Mandalorian, I guess? Well, did, did Mando... I think it's just a Star Wars swear it, word. Because like, I think fuck. it's the <laughs> dude... Um, what's his... The, like, in the very, very first episode of season one, doesn't... Um, the, who's that comedian that that he kept that he the first bounty Horatio Sands. Horatio Sands's character yes. I yes. think says Dank Ferrick an episode because I was trying to find the origin of Dank Ferrick immediately I was like yeah I don't I gotta find out about this it Dank was Ferrick. definitely Horatio what is Sands Ferrick? definitely said it um I what makes it Dank uh, your crate dragon cat just passed through there striker. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I've, I've got a, enormous, Steven, a giant like, land cat that just... You should just a, have the Mandalorian fight him. Is oh, it a Maine gosh. Coon? No, it's actually a Pixie Bob, so it's a tailless okay. giant cat that they bred oh, wow. to, make, to look like Bobcats, and it's pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, any last predictions before um, next week? Well, the only big things, we know the Darksaber is going to be part of the plot line 
and we know that he's going to see a Jedi. So for me, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how a Mandalorian is going to try to fight a Jedi without ever fighting one. So I think he's going to probably have to fight a good Jedi first. You think it's to... going to be a hostile encounter at first? Well, I, I, yeah, I think it's going to be kind of like a like one of those. You've got two characters that are both neutral good, and they are just kind of like fighting for their space, but not trying to kill each other necessarily. Well, Ahsoka knows like... Master Yoda though, so she's going to see that thing and yeah, her mind. Yeah, goes... I'm. Yeah, I can't wait to see that reaction. I can't wait. Because just... he died. I mean, like he's dead, yeah. known to be dead. Yes. Although he's dead I, at this know, point, yeah. Nobody. Really talks. He could be a force ghost. Yeah, he could be. Yeah. He, could, be <laughs> he could still talk to Ahsoka like that. This too. is gonna be for me. It's are we opening like a multiverse plot line, and this is actually him because he's dead at the time, and like he came, he was like reincarnated, or um. Well, we but, give him his force ghost in Last Jedi, though. Yeah, Which yeah. Is later. it's not. It, well, for me, I always thought it could have been a clone as well, mm -hmm. um, because yeah, he's so right. high in midichlorians. That would yeah. be something optimal if you're trying to clone something to control as the Empire, right. something that would be that powerful in right. the, uh, the way of uh, the Force. Um, that would that would be a way that you could take back the the universe. Yeah, fair enough. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm hoping for Yoda yet a love love child. That's that's <laughs> that's, 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 that's that's what I want. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's like a great, great, great. Little great love in the Jedi Council, yeah. there is. Yeah. I want to yeah. see an even younger baby Yoda. I want to see like an infant Yoda. There's no, yeah, cute. You know, he's gonna get that awkward, ugly teenage years though, where he's got like pimples yeah. and warts. And when its voice starts to crack and it starts and actually Theo. talking like a yeah. Yoda, then like it'll be, a, it'll be a real like dick Yoda. Oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> okay, mom, fine. Yeah. Like kick, like kick and Force shit. Force close the, the door. Yeah, kicking shit in the razor crest. And like, yeah, you're dead. Room I will not clean. Imagine all the shit he's gonna eat when he's a teenager. <laughs> yeah. Well, does he it have to eat a lot though? Mouth. Since it ages so slowly, is it, is it more of like a one meal a day type of beast? Or no, oh, the thing always seems to be eating. Yeah, true. I don't think he eats enough. I disagree. <laughs> I feel like there's there's no mini fridge on the Razor Crest. Like, dude needs a fucking snack. He's grow. He's a toddler. Toddlers eat all the time. Yeah. yeah I mean, my, my For 50 just, years. Yeah. I'm spending so much more money on groceries with everyone being home three meals a day uh, mm. instead of in school. Like, yeah. I'm sure you're sure. perpetually starving. So. Well, lots lots of exciting stuff to come. This was a really good, really fun episode. Um, love when Bryce Dallas Howard gets behind the camera and um, good. we see yeah. more of her. Um, I know her, I dad, so. her dad is still lobbying so hard for Solo 2, and I'm a big supporter of that, but I do hope he lets her direct it. I think that would be cool. Yeah. All right, any, any last words? Hey Stephen and, and Brett, thanks a lot for having me again. Yeah. I, I have a oh, blast no, of course. Star Wars well, yeah. with you guys, and I love learning as much as con, you know, discussing. So it's a plug, lot of fun. Plug your plug, plug oh, your shit for any Steelers fans. Yeah, if there's any Steelers fans out there or fans of um, you know football in general, SteelerNation.com. I run the podcast and the vidcast on our YouTube channel, but you can get all the information. You go to SteelerNation.com, click on the podcast button. Follow all of our stuff. I just interviewed Avery Williamson, the um, old linebacker from the Jets last week. 
and he's now one of our newest uh, inside linebackers on the Steelers. So yeah, well, fun conversation. Good for him to get off that burning ship. I know to go from zero and eight to eight and zero in one week was pretty yeah, impressive. That's awesome. <laughs> that's, that's the really that's the NFL lottery. <laughs> and then uh, you'll you can see uh, Stryker and I uh, go at each other on um, the topic of movies through the decades. We're going to be facing off in the championship round of the current. Um, movie madness through the years tournament nice. yes. potentially yep. looking at either like a princess bride um versus shawshank redemption or a wizard of oz versus uh black panther final are, are we discussing <laughs> are we discussing the final four or is it strictly just the finals when we're i think we're it? doing both of the final four matches okay great, um, great. yeah we have, a, we have a production meeting tonight so we'll we'll get into it but um you guys can follow Movie Madness. Um, we have it's a Facebook group. Everything's run through Facebook, so uh, just uh, send a join request, and myself or Dustin will approve you. And then um, I think it's actually Movie Madness Tournament if you're looking it up. Oh, okay. On Facebook, so if you just okay. say Movie yeah, Madness, there's like a right. bunch of Movie Madness uh, That's true. Yeah, locations. But a... if you say Movie Madness Tournament, you'll find our yeah. page. Yeah. Or you can link to it from the Facebook group for High Tea with um, mm-hmm. we High Tea with Mrs. V is what we call it, just because it's an abbreviation for Monsters, Rebels, Scum, and Vigilantes, which gets hard to type and say all the time. <laughs> yes. Um, and yes. Stephen, Stephen, and I will be uh, back here next Saturday morning to recap episode four um and yeah keep keep watching let us know uh what thoughts you have theories thoughts send us a message um and dank ferrick that's all i've got to say long live the empire (laughs) bye everyone all right bye bye